welcome to Inklings. I am Emily Bell Freeman, and I'm so excited to welcome you to a space where you and I get to experience a hint of something more together. This is a community where we lean into discussions that will help us obtain a bedrock understanding of the doctrines of Christ. Not overnight, but every day better. Strength gathered over time. There is a place for you here. Looking forward to spending the semester with you as we embark on a journey focused on becoming His. Good morning. Hi, Inklings. Ladies, this is so fun to be here. Good morning. Our Emily is still in Africa. So cool. So you and I get to chat again today, and we have Katie Hughes joining us. So exciting. And Emily was so particular about having Katie jump on today because of the topic, and I can't wait to discuss with you all. All right, there she is. We're going to pull her on. How is everyone? Happy Thursday. met Katie before, so hopefully it's another familiar face. Good morning. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. How's it going? How's the weather where you live? Uh, it's good. Actually, it's really sunny today. Yeah. Um, so that goes a long way. It can be cold, but if the sun is out, <laughs> it's so nice. Such a difference. We got rain, not snow yet here in Kaysville, but it's a little, it's a little hint of winter coming, but yes. it's been so nice the last couple of days. So it really has, yeah. which is so fun as we, I mean, I'm not, I know a lot of us are probably hoping for it to stick around with family coming in town or us traveling. Like, it's just like, oh, hang on, any storms so that we can all get to where we need to be. Exactly. So fun. Yes. Oh. So fun. oh, it's so fun to see where everyone is tuning in from. I love it. Welcome, everyone. I was telling them Emily's still in Africa, so we get to chat, you and I, and all of these wonderful women. Can't wait. Can't wait. So fun. Um, okay, so let me, I haven't told them yet. I mean, you guys are well ahead of us, I'm sure, but. We are in The Ceiling Power, that's the talk today, by Elder D. Todd Christofferson. And then the scripture that Emily had pulled was DNC 115. She sent another one this morning that we might jump into too. So section 115 and then section 109 was another spot that um, had some fun verses that really related to what we were talking about today. So Katie and I have been talking a lot about this talk because... I even like myself, I was like, oh man, deja vu from last week too. Like these are some topics that were like, whoo, we're going to dig in with these ladies. Here we go. Um, some, I was just telling my husband this morning, I was like, you know what? I think it's okay if people dive in totally differently. Cause I would say the same parts of this gospel and scripture and even just religion in general, we are not all lit up by the exact same parts, right? Some of us are just like, oh my gosh, the doctrine in this one, I cannot wait to dig in. I'm learning so much. And some of us are like, oh, I love learning about the application of it. And what does this mean for my family? And, uh, and so anyway, as I was studying, I was like, this is kind of one of those that I feel like you can kind of choose your own adventure of like, I love learning more about this authority and the stealing power and what that means. And so some of you guys might dig in even deeper beyond this. And then some of us just love the hope that he gives towards the end of just like, you know what, sometimes there's going to be complexities and here's what we hold on to. So that's just like a little precursor to like, it might excite us in different ways, yeah. different parts of this and other parts might be like, 
that just raises more question or that one I'm going to just hold on to like we talked about last week and, and wait for further answers as I start to understand my own family and my own circumstances. So anyways, do you have any thoughts like that? I just kind of heads up. Yeah. I love that, especially in regards to this talk. It just felt like, yes, there's so much doctrine surrounding the ceiling power, which is beautiful and it's wonderful to explore. And for many, like it will resonate so deeply and for others, it will feel a little tricky. And I think the best way to approach this thing, these things is just to hold space um, mm-hmm. for your own lives and for your own people mm-hmm. and also consider um, others and how they might feel passionately about things. I, I learned so much already from the comments mm-hmm. of the post a few days ago and it was really neat to see people's take on this and what resonated most with them. So I know Rio, you and I are both hoping to just be, be what in this space, what people need in the moment. So we both prayed. I'm fighting a cold. I've had it the last few days. I told Rio, I may have to mute and cough a little bit. So I apologize if I'm doing that, but feeling good so far. So anyway, so this is so good. I'm excited to jump in with you. So yes. And thank you. Like she was like, should I still hop on? I'm like, man, if you're up for it, I know. (laughs) I just feel like it needs to be Katie in this conversation. So thank you for even being willing. So don't absolutely don't worry at all. Um, okay. So I think what we kind of want to do, there's just a few little parts here and I think we'll kind of take it in these chunks. Um, I thought it was so funny. He opens with this topic of the gathering and like digs in and then all of a sudden he's like and here's actually what I'm going to talk about and I was like oh we haven't even like gone into it yet I didn't even see what paragraph that was in but I was like oh all of that like I was trying so hard to let sink in and then paragraph three he's finally you know this is actually for this or maybe yeah I know what you're saying yeah yeah it was so funny um let's see here okay so this topic of the gathering do we want to start there yeah i love that i love talking and exploring that specifically because i feel like i mean when he gave that you know address about this being the most important work it was to the youth and so i may i can't but it also is to all of us right it Mm -hmm. is if it's the most important work it's for all of us right and and, um is that the part you're talking about yeah okay yes yeah. So, do you want to start, or I'm happy to? I think I'm I happy think to jump. You di- you dive in on this. Okay, I love it. Okay, yeah. I I love the thought that um, we have been given specific direction about this most important work and what that looks like and what that means for us. And it's the gathering of Israel on both sides of the veil. Mm-hmm. And I think it's been so interesting that so many apostles have reiterated that mm-hmm. um, that if, if it's the most important work i i was recently in a training and saw that they had said like i think nine apostles since he has said that president nelson has said that that it had they, they have reiterated that in their talks which is like so cool to think that this must really be something that we need to know and understand and like take upon us and what does that look like what is this gathering look like and we have so many um you know opportunities i think in our lives to explore this especially this time of year i think it's really fun to explore what gathering looks like when we're about ready to be with families and loved ones and connect with people and um and so 
the gathering really looks like this love, this hospitality. There's been so much um, said of this. And I loved, I really loved what you shared as um, participants in Inklings. Mm -hmm. I loved what this person said. Um, all is safely gathered in. I think about the safety that is offered when we choose to gather together. And don't you love that thought of this safety in this refuge? Mm -hmm. And I think about our homes specifically, and, and we've shared this a lot here on Inklings, but that the home is the only place that can compare to the temple and sacredness. That's from the Bible dictionary. And I think as we take that into our hearts and we think about how a safety and a refuge looks like, how does my home emulate a safe gathering place where I can feel like the deepest parts of my eternal um, plan? And yeah. for my children to feel that too. I think there's such power in thinking about how our homes become that. I love what someone else said. They said, um, listen, I love this gathering. I was in the temple a few weeks ago when I asked what was needed of me. The answer I got was to start gathering people again. Don't, don't you think so many of us felt that way, uh, especially during COVID? Like, oh, how do we gather? How do we best do this? So many of us were gathered within our homes, mm -hmm. but also how do we extend beyond others? So she said, women, anyone, everyone in my home to just feel loved and welcome. I've been working on it and it's such an important work. I loved her heartfelt thoughts with that. And um, another one else, uh, someone said, gathering, a reuniting back together, circling our wagons, binding, yoking, inviting in, making space for hospitality so many cool ways to see gathering so you have taught us already all all of you listening um what this gathering looks like and i do love thinking about it in terms of what this looks like as we consider the gathering in of our people um and also strangers this time of year so i don't know rio yeah. do you have any thoughts about that no i love this so much i love that you focused on the home um because i think Earlier on, I really associated gathering, or I, I should say, I only tied gathering to missionary work, which it is. Um, and then I started to see it with a broader lens of, it's almost like that missionary work is what is able to follow after a relationship is established or after there is trust or warmth or welcoming um, to provide a place where people can gather and that the word like place i'm saying like i feel like that can be symbolic of like our heart being that place that people can come to and feel comfortable as that type of friend or neighbor um but then i think in a literal sense we can create that in our homes too and so i just think about this gathering of israel and in in the gospel sense and hoping and of course, that's our deepest desire is that we can gather everyone to the covenant and everyone can have this covenant relationship with their father in heaven, with the savior. And we hope that, but I think it, it begins with this almost literal sense of gathering where we can in our homes and opening up conversations where people can feel welcome because that part of conversion where the spirit will work within them we don't know the timeline on that. That might be years from now, and it might be in the next life that they are working through that. And so because we don't know that, 
I think when we extend that open arm, when we open the doors of our home, we are saying like, hey, here is a place that when you do learn more, I want you to think about like the time we spent together relationship we had and be like oh you know I always had I always felt this feeling when I was with them their home always had this feeling when I was there and now that's starting to make sense as I piece these puzzle pieces together does that make sense like I feel like there's this work being done before this work being done maybe after and it can be simultaneously done too but I love thinking about just the relationships that we're fostering and nurturing here so that they can be a place and provide soil where the spirit can then do that work. Uh, yeah. And, and of connecting and of linking together. And I love so much. It's in paragraph four and he's talking specifically about um, Moses appeared to the prophet Joseph Smith and Kirtland and committed the keys of gathering of Israel from the four, four parts of the earth. And just the visual of that to me is so encompassing, like mm -hmm. the beauty of of the, this being restored, this beautiful gathering key mm -hmm. is now restored. And, and then I love the part, on the same occasion, Elias appeared and committed the dispensation of the gospel of Abraham, saying that in us mm. and our seed, all generations after us should be blessed. And I, I just had this thought, it's in us. Mm -hmm. The gathering is in us. And I wrote, um, with this authority, we carry the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And um, it is who we are. It is, it is defined who we are. And maybe this is a great place to talk about DNC 115. Because yeah. um, I was really, do you care if we go there real quick? Let's do it. Yes. Okay. Because I loved, this is the part where in the DNC, um, Joseph Smith has the revelation of the, the true name of the church. And I, I think this is fascinating because we've known it for 200 years or however long this is, you know, um, it says in four, verse four, for thus shall my church be called in the last days, even the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And um, verily I say unto you all, arise and shine forth that thy light may be a standard for the nations. And I, I love this thought of it's in us, this light, this ability to gather, um, it says on, six and that the gathering together upon the land of zion and upon her stakes may be for a defense and for a refuge from the storm and from wrath when it shall be poured out without mixture upon the whole earth mm -hmm. and if we think about us if if you kind of connect all these thoughts we are the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints this is who we are it's in us to be these gatherers and to provide this safety and this refuge. And they won't fill it unless we are these hospitable people, unless we are loving and extending and reaching beyond. And I just love the defining parts of that. I love also, you know, that President Nelson's, you know, came out, was it 2019? And he just said very specifically, this is who we are. In fact, I did gather something that said that. Um, the Lord is impressed upon my mind, it was 2018, the importance of the name he has revealed for his church, even the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We have worked before us to bring ourselves in harmony with his will. And then a few weeks later, he said in general conference, I love this, um, there were critical attempts to emphasize the name of the church. Um, they were, people were kind of being critical of it. And he said, it is not a name change. It is not 
rebranding. It is not cosmetic. It is not a whim and it is not inconsequential. Inc Instead, it is a correction. It is the command of the Lord. The name of the church is not negotiable. And the reason why I think this is important is because we, it was established from, you know, from the beginning. And um, as we claim who we are as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we believe deeply that we are a part of the Latter-day work. And the Latter-day work is the gathering. And that part is beautiful. And it's wonderful to consider that we are a part of this. It's in us, just as, as um, he said, that this authority now has been um, established again on the earth. And what a gift, what a blessing that through holy temples, we can be bound together. Yes. Okay, this is so good because it's making me think, guys, it's so funny that we're talking about this um, because today is my son's eighth birthday. So fun. And it's caused me to reflect because, and and I can't even take credit for this. He just came this way. But he's been so excited learning about baptism and what it means. And about a week ago, he told me, he was like, I want to invite my friend to church. He doesn't go to church and I want him to know about Jesus. And I loved that. But I knew that actually came back on me. He was like, can you tell your mom? And I was like, oh, yeah, you bet. Um, <laughs> I got my husband and I'm like, what do I say? How do I articulate text? But it was amazing how immediately I started to like second guess and, and overthink what these words were. And for him, it was so, he was just like, I just want, my friend doesn't know about Jesus. I want him to know Jesus because I love Jesus. So I want him to come church. Why is that hard? <laughs> it's like, of course. So when you say it's in us, it's so true. I think it's more natural in us than we think. But then I also think, okay, what I love about this entire human family is that we are so different and that we were given these different strengths that like some of us, I just saw a comment about doing family history work and someone will love to dive into that. That is where they feel called to gather and then some of us will feel a different call to gather a different kind of call to gather and, and i just i want to celebrate that in each other instead of looking over and being like oh my like i am playing such a tiny part because do i even know how to open the family history stuff no you know like I, we start to kind of compare and think we're not as big of a role as we actually are but i want us to remember the strength we are given gathering because you know that as we were created he was like if this is the most important work is gathering my children back together then i'm going to need all hands on deck i'm going to need everyone's different strengths and i'm going to give them to all these unique people so that we have every piece for this to happen he didn't say like everybody's got the exact same strength and we just you know like one he didn't put all his eggs in one basket i guess that's what i'm saying he's like you know if this is gonna work I'm going to spread this all out and we're going to do this together. And that way we do feel we have a role. And I love that. I feel like, oh, my unique gift is different than hers. And when we come together, we, we find and we reach different people. That's what's so cool is our, our nets are gathering different people as we do this. So I see my son with this natural ability and fearlessness in inviting in that sense. And I have different strengths. And so I just, it's so neat like you said, it is in us. And I want us to try that and be present if we don't see it yet. And just say like, hey, I give me eyes to see. Like, Lord, help me see what my gift is in this gathering sense. Oh, and yes. I, it's good. It's so good. And now I'm connected actually about this gathering mm -hmm. 
doctrine. And as the prophet is speaking to the youth in 2018, he is saying, you are unusually gifted mm. in gathering. He's speaking to them. So becoming unusually gifted, these kids are, are born with it. They have the unique ability to extend. And how much can we learn to our children, uh, you know, to look to our children, mm -hmm. to these youth that are the rising generation, to rise up to be these people. They are unusually gifted to do so. We can learn from them. And I'm already learning so much from my kids about extending my borders and, and putting, um, not prejudice aside, but you know what I'm saying, yeah. just the things that I maybe culturally have mm -hmm. been taught. I'm just kind of having to set aside and be like, actually, no, yeah. this is how it's supposed to look. And they're teaching me about what it looks like to gather and extend. And it's beautiful. And I think there's much to learn from the youth who are unusually gifted and your eight, eight year old and oh, yeah. so exciting yeah. what's coming up for him. It's I love it. It is. It does create an excitement. And I think sometimes we lose that zest and because we're not learning it for the first time or it does sometimes it doesn't feel like we're learning the gospel for the first time and you wish you could almost go back or I know some I've heard some people say like I'm envious of converts later in life because they get to see it with these eyes of like they're old enough to kind of understand like oh my gosh and so those of us that have grown up in the church it's a different experience and so regardless I just think it's difficult to share about and to gather if we don't feel a sense of excitement and passion within us first. Yes. And I, I think we can pick and choose. I don't think there's anything wrong with this. I think we can pick and choose the parts of this gospel that we love so much that we want to mm. share. We mm. can love it all and we can believe it all, but there are parts that come so natural to us in sharing. I actually asked my brother this yesterday. He's serving in Milan, Italy. And I said, what lessons and what parts of the gospel are you finding that just come really easy to you to teach? You know, like what I just, I imagine the ones that you're just like, oh, if someone just were like, hey, one concept on the gospel, like what's your TED talk real quick? And what, what do you go to? And it's like, oh, I always go to the restoration or I always go to um, family that are sealed together forever. It's just like, I think there's those pieces and I think we can really hone in on, on that and have that be what we share because likely, I believe that we're all threaded together in such a unique way that likely the person you're sharing that with, God was like, I knew that would resonate with them. That's why I put them in your path. That's why I want connecting link because it's, that's how it's touched your heart. And I believe it will touch theirs. And so I challenge us to like find those parts of this gospel and living this covenant relationship, the parts of that really light you up and excite you. And I think naturally we will want to share that and open our homes and our hearts to people that so that they can come and feel that because it's hard to it's hard to kind of fabricate that or something that you're like I, this part you know i haven't had like a personal experience with it yet sometimes there's parts of the gospel where i haven't had that trial or this um kind of those epiphanies that some have and so i don't i don't think we need to make that up if it's not there yet i think what we have is already enough oh. and those are the parts i think will connect yeah i love that so much i um was recently relief society president and we we've been putting together these relief society retreats and it's just been such a beautiful thing and um our relief study retreat was um anchored and it was like um like something about holding on to a hope that holds mm -hmm. and it felt really 
important to be able to gather in this way um, as so many people are exploring how they really feel about the church and all of that. But it was so neat in this. I felt really prompted. This was like the thing I felt most prompted about was to take time in a circle mm-hmm. to um, link together with truths that we know. What's one truth you know? Ugh. And it was so powerful to hear these women and they, they held on to the one truth they know. I mean, of course, they, you can have many truths that you know, but they were only allowed to say one truth. And I think there's power in that. Like, we don't have it all figured out. We're not going to be able to understand all the things, just like you said, Rio. And yet to hold on to what we know is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And to be able to testify of that truth. And as we have these truths come into our life, there's another truth and there's another truth that we know. And pretty soon it becomes the, you know, the, the bed of testimony that it can be so binding and binding to those, you know, that we love and interact with that we can pull out in any conversation as we're gathering that truth that will resonate. We can trust that we have the spirit to know what to say in the right conversation. And it's beautiful. And that's how we become these bedrock women, these women that are just focused on truth and in the gathering, but also in um, making space for people that might not feel as passionately as we do, you know? So that's such a beautiful visual to even just like the fact you sat in that circle, because it just feels like as you each shared that truth, suddenly it feels whole as everyone shares their one thing. And then it's like, oh, I would imagine that they varied quite a bit. And yeah. it was to see how like, look at this, like if we were to all have to narrow it down to one, they're all different. That's just so cool. Yeah. I mean, um, it's a good exercise. I think you could do in any Relief Society or young women or yep. um, there are so many ways, even in sit in a family, what's one thing you know at, during Come Follow Me? What's the truth that you yep. know? And you build on that. And I think as you exercise doing that, mm-hmm. it all of a sudden is like, oh, I don't know that, but I know this. And so you and I together, as we gather together, we have truth that binds us. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I love that. Um, see how, that's amazing. That's like part of it. It's like half. And it's so <laughs> good. Um, okay, so something else that I loved, actually, let me, okay, actually this line in paragraph 12 before we move on i love this line in paragraph 12 it's right after his footnote 19 but it says the commitment to aid one another across the veil can be classified as a covenant promise and i don't know i just the visual of that is what i love i think that's all that i i just the visual of aiding one another and that being a calling in each of us to help each other cross the veil and that's that's where that bridging these kind of two heaven side earth side comes in i feel like like, and it's a lot more connected than we realize, I think. And so again, there are different strengths and of us, I think, make this all happen. Like, it, and, and, it, and that's what the brother is saying is that it's moving at a pace that it's faster than we realize, which is incredible. And we get to be a part of that. So anyway, I love that line. I love that. Oh, so good. And as you think about the aiding, um, I mean, this, this starts before temple work, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, this looks like the relationships that happened before. This mm-hmm. looks like, um, you know, the work that mm-hmm. we put in, in our homes and families. It looks like the work we put in on our computers for gathering names. Yep. 
um, or get, and gathering the stories. I mean, it, it's all, it's, it is work and, mm-hmm. and we, we shouldn't shy away from it. Yeah. And I think I love the thought, um, so much about, it doesn't have to look like the computer. It doesn't have to look like indexing names. It does not have to look like that anytime we gather or, you know, we are participating in the gathering. Anytime we're, I, I can't remember the specific words. If anyone has it, put it in the comments, but anytime we, we do this, we are participating in the gathering. And, and it is such a beautiful concept to think like every day we gather in our conversations, one-on-one in Marco Polo's in, um, in the, in the grocery store, we are gathering. And as we have these eyes that see, and as we look to, um, like, I think in our, in our heart, we think about this aid as band-aid, right? How grateful are we for a band-aid when you get hurt? You need it so bad. You just need something to protect it. And I think something that's so powerful with that is you think about this is the aid. We're often the band-aid for someone. We're often, how many times have someone said to you, oh, that's just what I needed. I actually needed that today. And as we participate in the work of gathering, it's how we connect with one another daily. It's love. It's really just love and how we're proceeding each day um, as we interact with others and our families. And we are oftentimes providing that aid, that band-aid that is needed to heal a heart, Mm -hmm. to help them progress to that next step where they might feel comfortable enough to participate in ordinances or whatever it is, you know, so. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And as you, as you talk about families, this is the part that where he starts to talk more about the ceiling power and what that looks like in families. And, and what I want to touch on here is it's in paragraph 15, if you're following there, right? But no 24, but he's talking about these ordinances and these ceilings. And then he says that at the same time, we recognize that in the imperfect present, So right now, there's imperfections left and right in every family. This is not the reality or even a realistic possibility for some. But we have hope in Christ. I love that. That is so good because in that two-sentence thing, I feel like he encompassed, I really probably could say all of our families. Um, And this feels like a little bit of a deja vu to last week. But it it just, I know, and I, I can say this confidently because every family has something that like this feels sticky this feels a little bit hard i don't understand this um there is mistrust i saw a comment in the very beginning of the discussion where she said um in a divorced family i've had to lean on hold on to the truth that i can strengthen my own link and that's what i love and he starts to talk about how it it begins with us. That's kind of the message got is that if you have, and if you come from, or if you're part of family, that there are pieces of it that feel hard. Um, I go back to, was it Razband or Rem? I get them swapped when he talked about infuriating um, unfairness. It can be that deep and that painful. Um, and I even think about um, some dear family of mine where they are choosing not to have children because of the childhood that she has had and she just fears that she she can't she'll replicate that again and it breaks my heart and it starts with us though we can create new patterns and it can 
feel so daunting, you know, easier said than done. Yeah. I will acknowledge that. Absolutely. It's easier said than done, but there's just, there is room for all of this repairing, even, even if it takes place in that next life that we, you said it's that holding space and just being like this part of my family tree is messy and it doesn't quite have the cute little downline that I it's <laughs> like marriage and split but you know like it so many families now have these little offshoots and it's and it can be hard to piece together deeper but thankfully I don't think it works that way it doesn't have to like make that perfect sense in our fallen world minds down here I just feel like he's up there like hang on guys just trust I promise it will all fit where it needs to all makes sense and I think that one line but we have hope in Christ I, oh. I just that we need to hold on to it's so good and I love what you shared because it does lead into something he shares from Elder Bednar and but first up two paragraphs from that he talks about we would be left in eternity with neither roots nor branches um, and I love this thought about roots and branches if you consider a tree no one has a perfect tree I mean who actually likes a perfect tree? Maybe that's what we did in preschool. You know, we drew a perfect tree with, you know, but really for interest, we actually love the, you know, the entangled roots. And we love, you know, the roots that have offshoots and, um, or the branches that have offshoots. And, and it's beautiful to think like that actually makes our tree more beautiful. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't see it that way, but I do. And I, I am, have been so greatly blessed by the offshoots in our family. Um, like I have adopted sisters. Where does that fit in? You know, um, where does, yeah, divorce fit in? All these different things that, you know, and Elder Bednar, um, Elder Christopherson's talking about what Elder Bednar shared. He said, to you who have experienced the heartache of a divorce in your family or felt the agony of violated trust, please remember that, listen to this, God's pattern for families begins again with you. It's exactly what you've been sharing, Rio, and one link in the chain of your generations may have been broken, but the other righteous links and what remains of the chain are nonetheless eternally important. And then it says, the very last part, that work will be accomplished one by one, which is so critical as we think about our own personal efforts with this um, for our own testimonies, but also for those that we share, like the testimonies we share with others one by one. This is how it's done. And then the work we know in holy temples, the sealing power, all these ordinances that are sealed to us and upon us is happens one by one. I remember just this year, okay, I went for a name, a family name in August. And I was like, this feels so good. I always love it when I'm able to be prepared enough to take a family name. It's not always the case, <laughs> but it was in this instance. I was like, okay, I'm taking this name. I did just do find, find a name and how grateful are we for that? Anyway, and then I went again in September and pulled up my, my name and it was the same name. Mm. And I was like, gosh. I'm gonna go check the office and say, like, I don't think this was recorded. This is the exact same name I did, but this is the one that came up. Do you think there's a problem with the system or something? She's like, I think there was a problem with the recording. So it's really important you go back to do this name. And I saw that someone had said, I think her husband was a sealer in the temple and said, it's like not, 
it's not valid if it's not there's not a check mark and i'm sure something happened where there wasn't a check mark for my name and i love the thoroughness mm -hmm. and the thoughtfulness of this one by one that it's absolutely necessary that we do this correctly with the right authority which we have that's been restored um and i love the thought and the efforts that are made for the one it's just a beautiful thought to think about we are all so special and the lord wants this to be done correctly in this right way with the proper authority but also with um just to just to be yeah the checks and balances to be make, making sure we are checking all these things mm -hmm. i love that thought of thorough i love that word because you're exactly right i feel like nothing is missed here nothing is overlooked like no family is like yeah that one that one's really that is that's a tie. <laughs> i don't think that's the sense ever and when i think about throw someone just commented they used to think of these kind of like family as a linear thing and they said i'm starting to now see it as like chain right where it like it creates this fabric where it's all woven together that. that comes back to connection and stronger is that when in chain mill of strong links and i think that thought where that creates such a greater surface area as it connects in all of these different places isn't linear and even if there are broken links chain that is why like last week we thought this is just a blip and beyond is just all of this time and beautiful focus and space essentially to back and repair those links like that is what it is it's not we don't just have this like well shoot <laughs> that what do we do about there's there is space and time provided for that to all be repaired but i love that we can come back that's hard to do we kind of have to like zoom out and recognize like okay hold on this really does start with me and i can make impact and this ripple forward yeah regardless of what has come behind I love that. And I think as we think about like the gathering heart, I know this isn't a scripture that Emily included, but she's shared it with us before. Um, but it's in Luke, if you don't mind, I just have this thought to share it. Um, let me find it. I, I mean, I know I kind of know where it is. Luke, I think it's Luke 14. Yeah. I'm not that great with scripture. So it's a miracle we found this. Um, okay, Luke 14. And it's all about the man who's putting on the great supper mm. and if you guys remember he's planned this great party who's ever planned a great party and you're so worried about who's going to come yes and he's got it all ready you know and he 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 said he sent his servant at supper time to say to them that we're bidden come for all things are now ready so he sends his servant to invite the people to come and these people have these excuses like i'm laughing so hard i'm like this is classic people that have excuses listen and they all with one consent began to make excuse the first said unto him i bought a piece of ground and i must needs go and see it i pray thee have me excused so there's the first one and another said i have bought five yoke of oxen and i go to prove them i pray thee have me excused there's another and another said i have married a wife <laughs> and therefore I cannot come and I'm just laughing at these excuses and we think as we're gathering there's always the excuse you know but listen to what the man does who's putting this on um, 
So that servant came back and showed his Lord these things. And the master of the house being angry said to his servant, go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring hither the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. And something beautiful that Emily has shared with us when she shares this is, what does that look like to have the blind come? You have to lead them there. Yeah. The halt, the maimed, you may be bringing them with wheelchairs. You know, what does that actually look like? What's the added effort to gather those people? There might be some significant parts that you have to do to try to make that happen. Um, and the servant said, Lord, it is done. And um, yet there's still room. There was still room. Oh, I love this. This is like the most beautiful story of hospitality. And the Lord said unto the servant, go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them. Come in that my house may be filled. What does it look like to compel others to gather in? Mm -hmm. And um, if you think about the compelling, <laughs> what parts, I think it's good to ask ourselves, what parts of my approach are compelling others to come? in the way I talk to others, in the way I speak to others or invite in? Is there giving and love there? Is there grace? Um, and what? maybe even online, what am I doing to compel others to come into the gathering in, in ways? And you can look at yourself in so many different ways and consider, you know, what does that look like? And so we think about the ways we love and extend and gather mm -hmm. Like that is such a good example that they have this beautiful event, you know, yes. with unlikely people. And I think it's really important to like have an, um, a heart that is focused on the unlikely too. Like mm -hmm. I am passionate about convert stories because I love the unlikeliness that they found the church and happened to like, I am just glued to these stories and I do feel so deeply that they are the energy and the strength we need in these last days to help us bind us and remind us of these beautiful covenants that we make. And mm -hmm. I feel like um, as we think about their stories and consider how they've been gathered in, in such unlikely ways, it's beautiful because the gathering actually is, I mean, a part of the plan. I mean, the Lord will make it possible for everyone, all all areas of the earth, for everyone to come in yes. to his gospel. It's just such a beautiful concept. It, it is. I love that because I, I think I've shared this long ago, but it just, you know, when you like this idea of hosting and parties and you know how like it's the worst feeling to like walk into a big crowded room and you immediately like don't see a seat for you. I'm always kind of like, oh, and then you just like slowly back away because you're like, I don't know where I fit in in there. And you don't want to make a scene and like ask people, you know, it's just like, oh, so I had thought about that in a sense of, I think it's up to us to make room in the seats or like pull out the chair and say mm. in more of like a symbolic way, but like we have a seat here saved for you. Like, I feel like that's what we, that's the space we want to create and hold for people so that they feel like when they do walk into our homes, when they do walk into our hearts, if you will have a conversation they can feel like I think there's room for me here I think I am welcome here I think I can be myself I think I can take up space here I love that because otherwise it's in every one of us not feel like 
if we don't see it immediately, not very many of us have the personality to go in and be like, well, I'll just make myself right. <laughs> I think it is our calling to make sure we have that space around us and to pull up those chairs because there is a place setting, I believe, at the table for every one of us. Christ has set that table and I want to make sure, I think, it, I think he left it up to us to make sure people know that, that, to be like, oh no, there is a place for you here. It's right by me. And then, and I, it's kind of like Thanksgiving, maybe this is so, this is fitting. You know, when you like make the little place cards and you, and sometimes if your family has some unique relationships, you kind of have to like pick where, or it's like setting the uh, tables at weddings and you're like, okay, who like would jive here? <laughs> I wonder if Lord does that. And he's like, okay, their experience actually is going to resonate really well with this person. I'm going to set them together. So in a way he's like weaving our paths in a way that, as we gather, there's that synergy. There's those connecting moments that happen. And I feel like he's up there like none of by accident. That's all very meant to be. And it's because we are hopefully following those little nudges of the spirit, the little small promptings of being here at a certain time, being there at a certain time, opening up our, our tables and, and making that room and holding that space, um, I think does come down to us. Like you say, it's in us. And I yeah. think on best to play that role because he can, he has the power of course to do that gathering himself, but he's like, I want them to be a part of it so they can feel what that is like. To yes. It feels so good. It does. I love that. And I think sometimes we like are in a situation where we're like, oh, we are so different. I mean, I don't know how I could possibly help this person. Yeah. And I think a really good practice for us as we're like striving to be like Jesus is to actually be like, what actually does connect us? What does bind us? Mm -hmm. And then lean into that. And all like immediately you will know, you will know how to lift and bless and what to say. Um, and I, I think that's just like, it's something you just learn over time and no one's ever perfect at it. I mean, you do, you could look at people and be like, she is so good at that. I want to be like that. And I actually think it's good to have people you look to, to like show you, oh, I love how she gathers. Mm -hmm. I love how she brings people in. I want to be like that because it's not natural for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And, but I love the thought again, as we talk about this, it's in us, it's who mm -hmm. we are. And, and so if, if we don't have it, it can be developed over time. Yes. And I love, I love the promise that like, I, I mean, I think if we have this gathering heart, the Lord will guide us to the right people to say the right things. And as we trust that, that we strive to have the spirit. I've said this before in Inklings, but I love this concept that we covenant every week that we will, we have the spirit to be with us as we covenant to um, remember Jesus Christ and to keep his commandments, he promises to have the spirit to be with us. So we can trust that we have the spirit that will teach us and remind us and, and really encourage us to create this gathering, these gathering places, these gathering conversations, whatever it is mm -hmm. that can bring others to the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's just such a beautiful concept to think about. Yeah. And I love that you said we're not going to, at it because sometimes we learn the most by our mess ups and we have them and we will have interactions where we go home and we replay it and we are like I cannot believe I said that <laughs> <laughs> and we have that like we will and I just think 
the quicker we can turn those into, well, now I know what that feels like. And I'm so glad I learned and going forward, I know how this comes across. Like I just, those are the moments that I think sometimes refine us the most mm. is do it perfectly. And we're like, okay, I understand now. Or maybe it gave you a different perspective because you were suddenly in someone else's shoes of like, I actually know what that feels like now to be on the other side. I just, the, it's okay to be imperfect. I think that is where we learn. And yeah. we never take, you know, a few seconds of courage. Um, we won't have those and we won't get to be that refined and, and refined this gathering heart. I love the way you said that. Oh, yeah. I love well, and I mean, I've shared many stories on here. I won't share any of the same ones, but I remember when we were building our home and I was talking to one of the women at the home builder and I just, I don't know what got into me, but I was like, all of a sudden, all hell broke loose on her and it was not her, her fault or anything, but I was so frustrated with something that was happening. And I remember feeling like I did not treat her well, mm -hmm. like Sometimes I don't think I, I act on this, but in this moment I did. I, I said, I did not treat her well. And I remember hanging up and feeling this and then calling her back and she did not pick up my call. <laughs> but on the message, I just said, look, I am so sorry. I treated you that way. You did not need to hear that from me. And this was a series of many feelings. And, um, I, of course, thought I would never hear from her, but she called me back, I think, the next day, and she was in tears, and she just said, not once in one home building have I ever had anyone call me back when they've yelled at me, and I just had the thought, not that I'm not patting myself on the back or anything, but I'm grateful I listened because at least in that moment, I could be an example of Jesus Christ, and I could be an example of what it looks like to gather someone back in, even when we've made mistakes, even when it doesn't look good. And so I love the part about imperfection because it's not going to look perfect. It's going to look really ugly because we're human and we, we, we have ideals and we have things that we know how we think it should look. And in the end, um, we're practicing. I say that a lot, but it's true. And so we have every day a chance to practice and try again and apologize and even if we mess up, we can apologize again. How many times can we practice again and again and again? And it's such a beautiful thought, especially as we're considering gathering and bringing people in. And um, anyways, I'll never forget it because I was like, I am so glad that I wasn't the 100th and 150th person that never said anything you know, about treating someone unkindly, you know. Yes, that is such a good example for that. It's that pattern that starts with you, but I love to share that because it reminds me that sometimes we often, like we were just talking about these sometimes broken links in our chains and in our family history that feel hard. Um, so sometimes we tend to look outward, but many of us, there are times where we have caused that hurt and we have broken a link. And so in discussions like this, I go back to that line of, but we have hope. So sometimes we are the ones ones that cause the pain and cause the hurt and it will take mending and that's such a beautiful example of like man we all need practice apologizing too <laughs> like I just that is so tender um and that just reminds me like we're in this together I saw someone comment like we're walking home and none of us are them or immune or without fault and we're trying our best and I just think having that humility to correct where we can and to apologize to move forward and to offer each other the same grace that we were once offered like it's just this beautiful 
continuing going in this round of like, it's just, it makes it feel like the world is small when we're all just hanging in there. I love together, that. Mending our families where we yeah. can. Yeah. Um, Elder Christopherson says like in his second to last paragraph, I mean, he's talking about an experience of having a convert be baptized and, or, and family sealed mm -hmm. and it's beautiful. But he said, um, this is the ultimate step in gathering the covenant people. It is the highest privilege of your membership in the church of Jesus Christ. I promise that as you faithfully seek that privilege in time or eternity, it will surely be yours. And what a beautiful promise to end with. Like it is a privilege we get to claim and the highest privilege of our membership is gathering people in mm -hmm. um, to participate in this gathering. Wow, that is so awesome. And we get to claim the blessings of it in eternity. He says, they will surely be yours as we faithfully seek that privilege. And so I love the thought of being faithful seekers of the privilege um, and being, being a part of the work and choosing to be a part of the gathering that binds us, that links us together. Yes, I love that. I love ending with that because it's true. That line that he says where it's a high privilege, how beautiful that is. I've loved this discussion, Katie. Me too. <laughs> we were a little worried about it, but hopefully there was a little something in there for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Always, I don't know why I'm surprised every time, but it's just so phenomenal. And you ladies add so much depth to it in the comments. So, and feel free to continue to share in the comments too, as you learn more, because this, this talk was one of those with layers. So of course, as you discover and learn more, we love to go. I, that, love, so. I love the comments too. So thanks so much for let, <laughs> letting me be here, Rio. I just love you. Of course. So thank you, Katie. Thank you guys you. have a good day. Take care guys. Bye. Thanks for joining me. This podcast is taken from our Thursday Inklings discussions, which happen live on Instagram at inklings.institute. If you loved being here, I'd love to invite you to go even deeper with me, get reminders, and enjoy first access to all our events and gatherings by going to emilybellfreeman.com backslash inklings.